Britt and I are self-proclaimed foodies. As cheesy as that sounds, but it's true. You love you love reading about food and eating it too, right, Britt? <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're pretty excited to have our second food journalist on the show. So side note, if you haven't tuned into the first episode where we cover this topic, tune into episode 14 with Steve Delinsky, where we talk heavily about peanut butter and pizza. Uh, this time, we're going to talk to somebody who is not local news, but more national web-based. Her name is Nikesia Pinnell. She's an entrepreneur, multi-hyphenate freelance writer, and self-proclaimed slurpee connoisseur that covers food news for delish.com. Which, side note, she writes the most creative headlines and seems to be a lover of puns and other play on words, so we're fans already. She also covers the topics of faith, health, and wellness travel, beauty, lifestyle, and music for a range of additional outlets. Welcome to the show, Nikesia. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm already excited to be here. Woohoo! Thank or you. We're you. excited too. Before the show, you told us about a recent story that was the result of a pitch. Would you like to go over what the story is and let us know what captured your attention about that pitch? Yeah, for sure. So I actually have a few. Um, Ooh, I, yes. Let's go over, think, over all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to make it as brief as possible. But honestly, a lot of the stories that I have for the weekend, for Delish specifically, I do kind of um, rely on my pitches for those because one of the things is like, and I think I'm probably going to dive into another question. So please stop me if I get too far ahead. It's okay. But, keep going. This is good. <laughs> but one of the things that um, I kind of rely on is there's a lot of news that goes out during the week. And when people pitch me, since I do only write for Delish with occasion of like other stories that I might do, but most of the stuff that I do is usually during the weekend. So I kind of rely on scouring through my email to see if there's anything that maybe somebody might have missed during the week to see if I, you know, if I have that access to it. Because unfortunately, not fortunately and unfortunately, not all um, journalists get the same pitches, even if we work for the same company. So while somebody else might get something for Chris, from Krispy Kreme, because I've built up perhaps a relationship with um, Pepsi Co., um, I might get that pitch over someone else, which is the pitch that I wanted to kind of talk about. So last weekend or one of the weekends in February, I had got a pitch from PepsiCo's team about their non-alcoholic cocktail mixers called Neon Zebra that they're getting ready to launch this month in March. So I noticed that no one had written about that. I think they pitched it to me the week of, but it was under embargo to start. And then toward the end of the week, I, I kind of kept an eye on it to see if anybody else would write about it. And I was like, okay, well, nobody else is probably going to write about this. So this will be great for me to put out over the weekend. So that I think was one of the things that kind of drew me to it because one, it's Pepsi. It's like a big, big company and people want to know about Pepsi. And then two, it was something kind of out of the ordinary. Like they weren't just talking about a new Mountain Dew flavor or a new Pepsi flavor. They were talking about something that they consider to be innovative for what they're doing because it would be their first um, time tapping into the cocktail mixer um, arena. So for me, it's always like, how can this be uh, grabbing to the 
to the people who are going to read this? Like, what do people want to know about? And of course, when it comes to food, they also want to know about liquor and alcohol too, because we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic and <laughs> yeah. cocktails, you know, at home cocktail makers, that number has skyrocketed. So to me, that was one of the things that was like, okay, this is really cool. And then another instance, um, Khalees now has a class where she's teaching people how to make sauce. Um, and I was pitched that through Skillshare and it was like, okay, this is really cool. I love Khalees. I know that she's working on the sauce line, which is called Bounty and Fool. And it's just a really cool tie-in because my original background comes from entertainment journalism. So I've had the opportunity to interview a number of celebrities, Khalees being one of them previously. So be, to be able to come into this this space that I'm in now in my journalistic career and be able to tie in the whole aspect of food and music. And I think that she's really good at doing that anyway, because, you know, milkshake and yes. she had the, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, she had the whole food album that came out a few years ago, then she dropped the cookbook. So now just being able to further, you know, give people an, an opportunity to see what she's up to outside of music was really cool. That's awesome. And you got to take like food and culture and like, you know, provide a really yeah I love that um go ahead no I was gonna say I totally read that one article about the (laughs) the um Pepsi cocktail mixers yeah and caught my eye shoot I did dry (laughs) January and I'm trying to still like stick with that but man that broke me I'm like I'm so excited to like yeah make cocktails at home much more often again but yeah um my question about kind of back to the Khalees sauce thing, what, did you also double check if anyone else had written about that before you did? Oh, yeah, for sure. So the thing with the Khalees thing was it was an interview pitch to me. So I actually got to interview her before I talked about um, the actual class. So I knew for sure because the interview was exclusive to me that I did that nobody else had done that on Ooh. at the, on the site. So um, other people, I'm sure she's going on like a press run for that. So I'm sure like other outlets have gotten the opportunity to do the same. But it's always fun when, you know, you know for sure when somebody comes to you and they're the person on the team that is responsible for that, then you know that they haven't pitched someone else on, on, in my case, like the Delish team to do an interview with that. And more importantly, it was Black History Month. So them pitching me to be able to do that during that month was really special to me because it was like, okay, this is great being able to kind of tap into this. And also Carla Hall, I interviewed her last month for Black History Month too. So it was really, really amazing. That is really special. So exclusivity is important to you. Yes. Like if you pitch me one thing and it's like an interview with someone, um, this is just interview, like, specific yeah. uh, product, of course, like, you know, you pitch whoever's going to respond. I get it. I, I actually worked in PR many, many years ago, but mm. I like I, I like to tell people like, that's not my ministry. So yeah, <laughs> PR is definitely like either you got it or you don't. And, and I just don't feel like that was my ministry, but I did work in like food and beverage and travel and hospitality. So it was fun, but you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Um, but yes, I, I like the sense of if you pitch me one one journalist or one editor at a specific outlet, like a story where it could be like an interview based type thing, um, 
you know, it just, it would make, it makes me feel nice. That might feel bad. <laughs> that might sound bad, but like, it just makes yeah. me feel nice that you didn't go to like my, my coworker and pitch her the same story. Like, you know, it just doesn't make me feel special. <laughs> I don't blame you. Now, do you like, do you ever get pitched? You want to cover a story and then you find out that somebody else on your team was pitched the same story and they also want to cover it. How does that work? Um, so honestly, no, I, I don't really, (laughs) I don't really have that, but I'm sure that the other girls might have something like that. I mean, you have to remember, I'm also just the weekend. So I think even though I do articles during the week, it's more so like, if it's like a one-off story, you know, it's not like I'm doing stuff during the week, like everybody else. In that case, I'm usually freelancing for other sites. But I think the other girls might have had, you know, issues with that. But but the one thing I can say specifically about the Delish team is everybody is so amazing there. Like, if there's something that one person can't cover, they'll say, hey, can you write about this? I won't be here tomorrow. Or like, hey, do you want to write about this? Like, it is really not an issue. I don't think anybody's so really attached to anything. And that's the one thing I can say is really great too, because it's like, Hey, I I can't do this or, Hey, do you want to do this? This might be really cool for you to do. Um, because it's, you know, something that I know you've written about before, or you really love. Cool. On that note, are you all like sharing this via like a Slack channel or just emails? Um, so I am weekend so usually the team they work through slack and they do you know all of their stuff but I mostly kind of just talk to people I don't really I'm not gonna say I don't talk to anybody because I do but it's usually kind of like you know during the weekend I'm just pretty much a lone ranger and if I need anything then I'll just shoot an email to anyone that you know might be able to help but it's I Mm. mean I can't speak for the people during the week, but I mean, I know that they work well together and they've been together for a while. You mean, you guys kind of got to, I, I came in, I think back in like October, I think I came in like October for the weekend editor position. So, um, but nevertheless, they've welcomed me with, with open arms and everybody's so lovely. Like I'm not even exaggerating. (laughs) They're really, really sweet. Yeah. And they're always helpful and, you know, just ready to, do you need anything? If you need something, let us know. So that's always really cool. Okay. So we had a weekend editor for Elle come in just a few episodes ago and she said pretty much the same thing that she's kind of like a lone ranger. Um, Mm -hmm. I still like can't grasp it though. Like, <laughs> do you like literally show up on Saturday? Well, show up digitally and then just start writing, or do you have plan? Like, are you given assignments at all, or do you just kind of like <laughs> do whatever you want? Like, how does that work? So it depends. Like, if there's something for sure that like something pops up and another editor might see it over the weekend. I think the one thing that many editors and journalists can attest to is that it does not matter if you're off you're never really off like if you see some cool news you're like oh okay wait I need to put this to the side so that I can write about this or if there's someone else like for example if there's something that happens on the weekend they might send it to me and like hey whether you have a story or not can you like write about this today too so got it for me though it's 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 like when I wake up I 
you know, I told you guys before we started recording that I get up kind of early every morning, even Mm -hmm. on the weekends. So um, as soon as I kind of get started, I already kind of have a story in mind because I've, you know, seen it during the week, whether it be something that happened on Instagram or something else that I was able to find in my email. I always try to keep a mental note. Like if somebody pitches me on a Thursday, um, I'm like, okay, wait, I can use that for Saturday or Sunday. So that's, I mean, that's how it works for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm already kind of, I really don't have to search for a story come Saturday or Sunday. I usually already have it. That sounds like fun. Um, do you have like a, like a certain number, like a quota you have to meet, or is it just kind of like being on call the week over the weekend? Uh, a little of both. So usually I work in the mornings on the weekend and kind of schedule out other stories. And, you know, we always have stuff that goes live throughout the week, throughout the weekend and all of that. So um, I usually try to write one or if there's something really, really fun happening, like one to two stories over um, each day um, and then just kind of scour a few other places. So it's not it's not a for me, it's not a like eight hour I'm there from like right. eight to six, just like sitting in front of the computer. It's more so like I'll do stuff in the morning and then throughout the day, just kind of keep my eye on anything that just cannot wait until Monday. That is cool. Do you ever face any problems with contacting publicists or PRs on a Saturday or Sunday? So to be quite honest, I try, like if they email me, if I see a story in my email, and I'll say, okay, this could be really cool. I try to look at the email as much as I can during the week and then ask them for anything that I might need. Like, okay, um, can you send me high-res images if I need that type of stuff? But I have had a case, and honestly, just this past weekend with, um, was that the Pepsi story? I think it was the Pepsi story where I needed a high-res image. And she got back to me like super quick. So oh, wow. I think some people, they always live on their phone and honestly as like somebody who did work in PR I get it you know like you my when I worked at the agency that I worked at my boss told me that even when you're in the gym you need to always be thinking about the client you need to always be doing this for the client no matter what you do there's like no time off and that's how I knew like I could not work in PR because (laughs) I need my personal time (laughs) I need my time honey like I cannot do that so um, but yeah, I think that most people are really nice. They're they're very welcoming. They're always willing to like go above and beyond for the story. And those people I have so much admiration for because they make my job a, a lot easier. So I try to do my best to make their job easier too, by like at least giving them the courtesy of having that time off to themselves. Love that. Right. Okay. That's great. I want to ask a little bit more about what what you find most helpful? Like what's the running list of things that PRs or publicists publicists should remember to give you in advance so that you're not going back to them on a Saturday or Sunday to request it? High high res images. That's like one of the the top things. I can admit that like I'm one of the people that um I skim read because sometimes the pitches are just so long and I know that you want everybody to get as much information about this product or this founder as we possibly can. But sometimes it's just too long for me and I get exhausted. (laughs) I get exhausted (laughs) trying to read through. So I like to skim read. So for me, it's been helpful when someone 
writes like a little a little paragraph at the top saying like hey this is what this is um and also like this is how much it costs like basically a compressed version of what that press release would say at the bottom um because that press release sometimes is just too much and then in that compressed version i can decide from that like is this something that i perhaps want to read more into or look more into but trying to read a whole two paragraphs before i even get to what the product is is a lot of work and i'm like i know that sound that might sound lazy but you also have to remember like on any given day journalists sometimes are receiving upward of 100 emails so it's a lot of work to try to do that a hundred times and then you're on a time crunch and it's just a lot. So for me, sending over maybe like a little compressed version at the top, also high res images, the links, all the stuff that I would necessarily need because we, while we will go search for it, sometimes if you're doing the job of pitching us, having us going to search for everything that we need sometimes is just too much work and then being honest about like if this is available now or if it's not available like don't pitch me something that doesn't come out for another six months because it wouldn't make sense and then one last thing that this is just me personally um I completely lost what I was about to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's okay we can get back to it Sorry. <laughs> oh, it happens. <laughs> I was just thinking about how I should remember to thank you for being so thoughtful at the end of this because you ki- you came prepared and we can tell. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, it's You're welcome. I like that a lot of the tips you gave are very practical too. I mean, I went through PR school. I don't know. Did you get – I know you didn't, Britt. Did you, Nikesia, study PR in school? <laughs> no. You know, my undergrad was actually a double major in psychology and criminal justice. Whoa. That, oh, wow. <laughs> you probably – do you feel like you took skills from that and bring it to your job now? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that my undergrad – I think my undergrad career pre- prepared me for a lot of things dealing with – life in general, and of course, like my career now. But I ended up getting a master's in creative writing for entertainment. So like script writing um, from Full Sail. So that, you know, I feel like everything, no matter what part of life you're in, it prepares you for where you are. Even in PR, like I think that everything that I did when I worked for that agency kind of, because at the time I was also doubling doing like journalism, like writing for local places where I'm from in Orlando. And then oh, also, you're in Orlando. I am. I'm in Gainesville. I was just in Orlando a couple weekends ago picking oh, up. Oh, that's so furniture. cool. Yeah. Okay. When you said full sale, I was gonna side note and be like, "Are you in Florida?" Because me too. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I was from. Um, I went to full sale and then I went to UCF for undergrad. So awesome. I'm literally like, a are Florida you from baby. Florida? Yep. We're here. So I'm actually from Orlando. Like I've grew up in Orlando. I was born in Georgia, but like Orlando is what I know. So I'm from Orlando, have been there. I went all, did all of my schooling there. So it's, it's kind of like now that I'm not there anymore, it's really weird to not call that home, but you know, here we are. (laughs) We are. We're both from Florida actually. And we met in Tampa. Um, Oh, that's so cool. Did you guys go to USF? I did. Where did you go, Brett? I went to um, a small college in Boca. <laughs> okay. Lynn University. Lynn University. <laughs> okay. I know I've heard of it. Yeah. That's really cool. 
That's awesome. So we're all from Florida. I was um, born and raised in Sarasota, went to USF in Tampa, and now my husband got a job up here in Gainesville. So we moved up here, but it's pretty. I like it. Yeah, it's really quiet. My grandma's in Gainesville. Like most of my maternal side is in Gainesville. So it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, if you're ever in Gainesville after this pandemic, we should totally meet up. That would be fun. I am totally with it. Yay. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Not to, I, I, <laughs> we just nailed all of that. We probably, okay. <laughs> it is nice to know. That is so yeah. funny. We're all from Florida. That is so cool. I love that. Um, well, I'm sorry. I don't even remember where we were at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, school. Um, schooling. Well, schooling. Well, schooling. Yeah. Yeah. So in PR school, a lot of what they teach you, like the media advisories and the, even the press releases, traditionally were meant to be kind of like just cutting to the chase and just giving the important details. But mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know what it is, but when people do end up writing these press releases and whatever, they get so caught up in making it fit that formatting that it does become too wordy and it doesn't give you what you actually need. It almost defeated the purpose to begin with. So I really like what you said about making the most important details that you need, just kind of bullet pointing them in the actual email and then including all that flowery, fluffy stuff that is important and you might need to, you know, copy and paste portions of it or whatever, but, you know, cutting to the chase in the actual email so you're not left wondering where the story is you can actually skim and yeah I like that also that one tip about not pitching too soon like if a product's not coming out for six months like you're not going to write about it yet that's yeah people will like send you things and they're like it's under embargo until like May 2021 and I'm like (laughs) we're in March what do you want me to do with this like I'll, I'll forget about this by the time it releases and it's not not that it's not a memorable thing it's just like Listen, it's two months down the line. What am I supposed to do with this? So, yeah. How far in advance do you need? Like a month? Um, Is that too long or what? Honestly, I think it just depends on like the, the, oh, okay. So this is pause, but before I forget again. It's okay. The one, the another tip, the tip that I forgot is Mm. actually pitching me things that, that you've seen is similar to what I write about. Like if I have never, ever, ever written about like cat food, don't write me about cat food. You know what I'm saying? So, oh my gosh, you're like the second person to like say that somebody's pitching you pet food and it's not your bag. So it's just, I, and I think I understand because I do freelance for a lot of other sites. So I think sometimes people are like, I've seen you write for so-and-so and I think that this would really, really work. And it's like, okay, but 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 it's not what I write about. So that's that's like a really that's one of those things that just kind of like boils my peanuts where I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I don't write about that. So you, you'll be better off finding someone else that writes about that on the site because it's not going to I'm not going to do your product justice. That's how I feel about it. I write about things that I actually enjoy. Um, so, yes. Now, what was the question that you asked me? <laughs> I don't know, but another question came up, and let's just go with it. Um, I know, Britt, we had wondered this before, and now we can ask you. Um, do you like getting product um, samples, and where do you get them? Do you want them, and how do you feel about them? Um, yes, yes, and yes. I love <laughs> trying out new things because I feel like sometimes – 
publicists just want you to kind of write about things. And, and for me, it's always a personal experience. Like if I'm writing about it, it's because I, I find it interesting. Like, for example, this year's Fruity Pebbles um, anniversary. Fruity Pebbles is like the Holy Grail cereal to me, even though it gets soggy in like 2.5 seconds. I've always loved it. It's been like my favorite cereal since I was a kid. So when they pitched me the news, it was kind of like a like a nostalgic moment for me. It was like, yes, I'll write about this because I love Fruity Pebbles. So anything that comes out about, you know, Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone, like, yes, <laughs> Pinnell, we'll write about it because I truly love it. So I'm a big, big like, 90s fan so anything I will write about the new Ghostbuster serial some some of that stuff is just really easy so knowing that if you look at the trend of the things that I've written about then you would know like this is what I like but with all of that being said I think sometimes that publicists think that if especially if it's like a unique product we just want to write about it and talk so good about it when we don't know about it like I think if we're just doing an initial like hey this product is coming type thing that's different but if you want me to give my personal opinion on oh these are delicious I can talk about this like really lay it on thick to try to convince people because I think with PR and this is just coming from what I experienced when I was in PR and you guys can definitely like tell me like no girl you're wrong or like okay maybe (laughs) (laughs) I think that some publicists you know, it, it's, they always say like placement is not guaranteed. Right. But I think yeah. with, with the people who actually own the company, they want to turn the actual exposure into customers. And yes. I think with some publicists, that's not the goal. The goal is, well, I did my job. I got you the exposure. So that's enough, you know, but the way I think about it is if you get exposure and then the client is happy because the sales have gone up, then now it's not just the exposure that kind of like got them happy. It's the fact that you turn, you know, it's a return on your investment. So if you spend the time and sometimes for publicists, it is a lot trying to convince the actual client to, Hey, we need to have like Uh, something to be able to send out to these journalists if you you know sometimes it's hard talking them into doing that because they don't want to give up free product but for me I think it is um kind of essential at some point um especially if you know you have a good product and you want people to experience it because then journalists do talk to each other they're going to love it and then right after that they might tell someone else about it like it's always going to be a talking point amongst people so for me, I do like to receive product. I think it's really cool, especially like sweets. I love sweets. <laughs> I love like candy. Um, I also like liquor because hello, we're in a season. Right now. <laughs> um, but also like good food too. Like I really love to eat. So I think for me, like taking a job as a food editor was not something that was just like, okay, this could be fun. Like, no, it's really a part of my life. So <laughs> So yeah, I I do love it. I know it was kind of long-winded, but that's yeah. okay. Um on that note, do you ever cuz I know that you cover like big brands, but let's say a small food startup does send you a sample and you do love it, are you likely to write about it or do you reserve your writing for more well-known brands and things like that? Oh, no, no, no. Nothing is off limits for me. I mean, okay. I I truly believe and supporting the small businesses. Honestly, I feel like they need more 
they need more respect than the big ones. Like the big ones they've gotten there, they're already there. And on it, I am a small business owner myself. I own an all natural beverage company and we specialize in brown sugar lemonade. So for me, Ooh. it is very, it's, listen, it sounds so good. So good. I'm, not even kind of, I'm not even saying it's good just because like I own the company, but <laughs> it's so good. But, um, but I think that it's really important to, give the love and respect to those small companies because they need it, you know? And, and I mm-hmm. think that if you've got a good product, people are going to want to, to know about it. And I think the one thing that a lot of small business owners, they kind of miss out on is knowing that exposure can really change your life. And all you need is really that one thing to give you the right amount of exposure and then you're going to blow up. So for me, if I can be that for someone, like I would love that to be able to say like, hey, this happened like a little, so it's a little off topic, but this lady, I interviewed her for Insider um, like years ago. And because of my interview, she got a bigger interview. I think it was on Tamron Hall. And she was oh, like, wow. yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, your interview with me did this. And I'm like, that's so nice to feel like you were responsible for that, even though it was just a job that I had to do at the time it still felt really nice knowing that I could do that. So I still, I have that mentality all the way across the board. And, you know, even when I worked in entertainment, a lot of these artists that kind of like are getting big or have gotten big, we started off interviewing them. And, you know, when they were kind of smaller and just trying to get big, like Janae Aiko, uh, Jacquees, like August Alsina, Seven Streeter, like all of these people, I've had the pleasure of being able to interview them almost kind of first, you know, like at the start of their career and just seeing them blossom when nobody else was really giving them those interviews. So same thing with small businesses. I really feel like everybody deserves that, that type of love and respect. That is your ministry. Yeah. That's my ministry girl. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. I've, I've got a question. I am a, I'm just speaking in hypothetics here. I'm a kelp infused hot sauce. I want to send you some samples. <laughs> Where do I get your address? Um, So people usually can just email me and I'll give it up. Like it's no, it's no problem. Like just, <laughs> just email me as long as like, the way I feel, as long as you're not like stalking me and it's coming from like a genuine, like this is an actual company type thing, then it's, it's really no problem um, to be able to have stuff sent. So you know, mm-hmm. the way I look at it is the the one thing that somebody ever always told me when I was in college is like the worst that you could ever hear is no. So f- I, I took that, that mindset and I was like, anything that happens in life, the worst you could ever hear is no. And even this is, again, a little off topic, but even if someone pitches me something that I might not necessarily like right then and there, I'll always say like, hey, this doesn't really work for what I'm working on right now, but please feel free to continue to pitch me. Or if you have something new that's coming out, pitch it to me anyway. Even if I don't like this one thing, it doesn't mean that I won't like everything else. Oh, man, that's not off topic. That's literally at the heart of <laughs> the PR um, like job. Like we get, yeah. mm-hmm. we get rejected all the time. And Britt talks about this. When you do get that response, even if it's a no, that's just a nice reminder that you're doing your job and that yeah. the most notices. So thank- and an opportunity to build relationships too. Yeah. That's very important because people will literally just want to like, 
think that you're so obligated to do something for them and they haven't even tried to build up that relationship with you. And I'm like, listen, I don't have to post anything. I don't have to do anything. Like, it's my job, yes. But like, I don't have a guideline of like, this is what we're posting on this weekend and this is what we're posting today. So it really means a lot to me when people have gone out of their way, publicists, not people, publicists, have gone out of their way to really do the research on me and also just try to build a genuine friendship or relationship with me. I have so many publicists that I've started to work with like over the years that I I have like legit friendships with now. Like they're my friends. So yeah, that's really important for me. Mm, that's a good tie-in to, well, we usually reserve it to the end, but um, do you have any shout outs you want to give to real publicists that you feel do a good job? Oh, there are so many. Like, there are really so many. But um, one in particular, I think, is an amazing publicist, Shaniqua Major. She also has her own um, popcorn brand. But she's really great at what she does. Jono Walks, he's like one of my favorite publicists. Trisha Kent, that's one of my other favorite publicists. Um Gosh, I'm going to feel so bad because after this is over, I'm going to go back and be like, "Ah, what am I I doing? Um, Marissa Herbert, uh, I've worked with her on a a number of things and she's really great. Um, What is his? Hold on. Let me see. Marlon LeWinter. I think that he's great. He's he's like really, really amazing. I love I love them all. Um, Oh, Marsha Archer. Let me tell you, she is like, holy grail. If you guys do not know who Marsha Archer is, she is literally one of my favorite publicists to work with. I think that she's really, really great. Um, And she's just a sweet person all around. Daisy Cabrera, I think that's her last name. I don't want to mess that up, but I'm almost sure um, her last name is Cabrera. Um, Oh my gosh. Like I said, there are just so many of them. I, I... I'm so sorry, y'all. I know that there are so many of you guys that I have worked with and I just, it's it's like escaping me right now. But there are so many that are just amazing in everything that they do, whether they work in food, whether they work in beverage, whether they work in, oh, and David Dwayne, he's a really good publicist too. He works in entertainment. And I mean, I think it's really weird because, not weird, but it's unique for me because I literally have worked across so many different, like, areas of journalism that it's really hard for me to like hone in and be like oh yeah this one is the best this one is great this one is like that because I have so many contacts and PR friends that have been in every area that you can think of Um, Eugenia Johnson she's great Um, Chris Thompson these are really great people all of them are amazing at what they do we have to list every single one of these people. Yeah. yeah. We just yeah, gained a few extra listeners, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, do oh, what I can. Really nice. I love this. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what about all those people? Like, you named a lot. What, yeah. what are some of their characteristics? What makes them so great above the rest? They, I can specifically say, like, some of them have, not some of them, all of them. Everybody that I named they have gone out of their way to build a relationship with me. And with that in mind, it's like, sometimes you just feel so good with being, oh, and Dawn, um, dang, what's her last name? I told you I was going to keep like thinking of some. I was, this <laughs> is it. like, all, literally all over the place. But um, 
Dawn Ryden. She's really great too. And every single person has literally like tried to build up a relationship. These are not, some of these people I just met in 2020, some of these people I have known for years, but the relationships have been built because they have tried to be my, tried to like, I don't want to say try to be my friend because that just sounds so bad because it's a mutual thing. Like I like them. They like me. They pitch me good stuff. They don't badger me. They, they, they do it in such a loving and nice way. And I think sometimes people get to the point where they just feel like work is work and you have to separate like your work friends from your real friends. But these are people that I would actually hang out with. Like, I feel like if we were all in the same city, we would just be, we could all have our own show. Like they're really great. And they just have this way of paying attention to journalists. Like they know what you write about. They know what you like. They know, you know, what it is that would, would work for you. They don't really try to pitch you things that are off topic and they're always looking out for you too. Like I, I, it's just really nice to feel that way of, you know, to have someone feel that way about you. So it's a great, a great experience. That's good. Okay. Well, side note on that, we had a, um, episode where a journalist sung praises about a publicist and we had that publicist on for their own episode and that was enlightening. So we might, we might, after the show, ask you if you have any recommendations on someone who might be interested in like, you know. Oh yes, for sure. Okay. Talking about their strategies. (laughs) Yes. Fun. And it's always nice to like hear other publicists because this person got into like philosophy and like why they do what they do and how mm-hmm. they their work. And it's so beautiful. Like I love, yeah. there's like an art to it that gets lost sometimes. Like we can talk about tips all day, but when somebody actually cares and has ideas that are just out of the box, those always don't, those don't always get presented, you know, to the masses yeah. as, as legit right. advice. But it and is. it's beneficial for journalists too. Like you think, I think a lot of people think of it as like a one way street. Like, you know, the journal, uh, the um, the publicist really, or the journalist benefits the publicist. Like me talking about what works for me is beneficial to the publicist, but it's it works both ways too. Like us hearing about the things that they're doing or the people that they're working with or how they're working with them, that's really beneficial to journalists too. Because then when we start working with a particular brand, we can always say like, okay, I know who would be good to reach out to for this. So that's just my take on it though. It goes both ways. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what's your favorite food, Nikesia? Oh my gosh. So I um, am obsessed with French fries. I know that sounds so basic, but I love French fries. I can eat them all day. I love them so much. I am a connoisseur of pizzas, I like to say. And I, when I used to travel, because I did a lot of travel, um, I did a lot of travel writing where I would go different places and, you know, talk about the food. <laughs> um, I really, really love... Um, I really love tacos too but burgers are like I would go wherever I would travel to I would find like the best burger in that space and I would say okay I I had a blog at the time and I would you know kind of rate the burger on my blog but okay that's cool (laughs) but yeah so any place that has a really good burger I would really try that and then um, yeah I, I don't it's really hard to say like what a favorite food is I have favorite foods for favorite things like if I've 
had a little drink, I want to eat this. Or if I'm, you know, not feeling my best, I want to eat this. But one thing I don't like, though, you know how people say ice cream is their comfort food? I hate ice cream. So what? that's like, a, I know, I know. I was gonna ask what your favorite sweet is because you said you're a chocolate fan or like just a sweets person, and I am yeah. too. So I Take. love sweets, cakes, and donuts. There's a place mm. here in Atlanta called Tip Top Donuts. I love their donuts, and also like Sublime Donuts has a really good donut and Revolution. Oh my! I've been God, to Revolution. Have... Mm, yes, girl. So if you had that yeah. peach slider. Oh, I didn't have that. Oh my gosh, They're, during the summer, it's so good. You have to have one. Okay, I will. <laughs> I definitely will. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm so happy I ate breakfast before this. <laughs> You're about to get really hungry, girl. I'm very hungry now. That's protein shake. It wasn't enough, so I'll eat now. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Nikusia. Yeah, thank so you. <laughs> oh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. If you head over to weearnmedia.com, you'll find a summary of the episode along with links to any of the resources and more information about our lovely guest and where you can find them online. If you have any topic suggestions or just general PR questions for us or future guests, email us at podcast at weearnmedia.com. Of course, you can also find us on social media. Our handle is at weearnmedia and we're on Twitter and Instagram. 